Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behavior, sleep, and more. It's a bit of a no-brainer, but the best way to improve your chance of pregnancy and grow a healthy baby is to maintain a healthy lifestyle. But that's easier said than done. So what can we do to increase fertility and create the best home possible for your growing baby's next nine months? Diane Zalitas is a midwife and clinical lead of Pregnancy, Birth and Baby, a national Australian government service, providing support and information for expecting parents. Hi, Diane. How are you? I'm very well, Siobhan. Thank you. So how much difference does being fit and healthy make if you're trying to fall pregnant? It all helps, you know, it makes it makes a lot of difference to how perhaps how quickly you're conceived, not always, but also just if you start off fit and healthy, then some of the challenges that come with pregnancy will be a bit less, you know, and you're not trying to play catch up, if you like, trying to get fit and healthy after you've conceived. But at the end of the day, um, there are so many variables that it, it's not anything that it's worth if you're already pregnant and you didn't get fit and healthy that you should beat yourself up over. Right, yeah. got you. Because the other thing is, once you fall pregnant, if you're not used to a certain level of exercise, it's not exactly the right time to, I don't know, join a marathon team or something, is it? Well, no, no, it's not. And you don't you don't start suddenly going to the gym for the first time when you've realised that you're pregnant and start doing functional workouts and high impact. And so it's really about your level of fitness that you're at. But even when we talk about exercise in pregnancy, it's really around 30 minutes a day walking. Um, swimming's really wonderful when God, you're pregnant. God, I loved swimming. <laughs> Takes that weight off, particularly later in pregnancy. Like, I, well, actually, you know. <laughs> yeah, I should, I should say it wasn't swimming I liked. I just like floating. Floating. The water is just the best thing ever when it you're is. pregnant. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so taking it easy. How much does age impact your chances of falling pregnant? Because we hear such different stories about whether, mm-hmm. you know, you should be getting busy with it in your 20s or your 30s or it's too late by your 40s. Look, it's, it is a real thing. Um, our bodies are designed and have been designed for a very long time particularly for women around our fertility and conception. So it starts to drop off after about 32 and drops off quite quickly after 35. And it is kind of hard in the world that we live in. It's not necessarily the thing you're thinking of in your 20s unless you're in a relationship that you want to be in to have a baby in um, and also feel that you're set up for it. It it also applies to men, though. We often think about this as just us girls, an issue that we have to think about. But men's fertility does decrease as well. And I know that there's plenty of stories of men who are fathering babies into their 70s and 80s. And um, we just need to go no further with that. But it's still a man at 35 is half as fertile as he was at 25. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm. We all know that smoking can harm Mm -hmm. your unborn baby. But in what ways, what risks does it pose? Okay, so smoking reduces um, the growth and development of all of the organs, of all of your baby's body, so all the organs. And that's often why babies of mums who smoke are smaller because overall their organs are smaller. So going forward in life, that's going to impact all of their health. The other thing that, that smoking can do, it can actually reduce your fertility. 
Um, you have a much higher chance of miscarriage or ectopics and also of having your baby early, so preterm birth. And smoking can also do funny things to the placenta, so it reduces its size and how well it functions and at sometimes can also make the placenta detach early. So it can be quite dangerous during pregnancy. And there is lots of, so if you are smoking, there is lots of support and things that you can do to reduce your smoking amount or even um, use nicotine replacement. That's actually safer than smoking. I was wondering, because I know people who have been smokers and then stopped and that has its own side effects, I guess, for them. Are any of those side effects, if you were to stop cold turkey, dangerous during a pregnancy? So let's just say you were a smoker, felt pregnant, freaked out, said, I'm just quitting. Are there any dangers in that because your body's so used to the nicotine? Other than the the withdrawal that you're going to feel, and you may want to see your doctor about managing, managing that, it won't it won't physically hurt the baby, but you might you'll feel a lot of stress and anxiety. So you want another way of managing that. So some of the reasons, some of the things that smoking made you feel, you may want something else to replace that with. And to be very careful about overeating. Often it's that, um, I'm going to say hand to mouth. So people often then turn to lollies and things to replace that that action and to be careful with your food intake. So Use that you carrots do. instead. Yes. yes. Uh, what about if your partner is a smoker? Mm. Same issue. Um, it, it affects, so for, uh, for, for men, as far as um, their fertility health, it affects the sperm health. So therefore can affect the ability to conceive a baby, the number of sperm that you have. So it, it only takes one to fertilize the egg, but it takes a whole lot to get there. So yes. you need a lot to get there and then one lucky one gets in. Um, it also can affect erectile dysfunction, obviously, problem. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, um, and, and the sperm is, you know, half of your baby. And so within that sperm is all a DNA and everything, half of what your baby's going to have. So it can damage, can affect that as well. And the other thing is the environmental smoke. So mum is breathing in that passive smoking if, you breathe, if you're smoking around her and the same for the baby when it's born. So having smoke in that environment where they are, the the breathed out smoke, the environmental smoke is, is quite toxic. So there's a lot of poisons in that that's just as, or even sometimes more harmful for people than the original smoke, if you like. What about alcohol? Because that seems to change over time, whether you can have a glass, you shouldn't have any. What's the story with alcohol intake during pregnancy? Look, the current best evidence that we have is that there isn't any known safe level. So once you know you're pregnant, it, it's best to not have any. Um, but that, but having said that, don't panic. So a lot of women, um, we talk about, you know, planning pregnancy, but many pregnancies are not planned. And you discover after the event, then you go back, but I'm like this many weeks pregnant and I know I had alcohol then. What have I done? So please don't panic. Go talk to your doctor and your midwife. There are tests they can do to see if there is any harm. But, and for the most part, there isn't. It's really a consistency with alcohol over the course of time. But we do strongly suggest that once you know that you don't have any. Folic acid, we all know that that's what we should be taking Mm -hmm. as soon as we fall pregnant. What's the best way to take it? Okay, so folic acid is really important for preventing what's called a neural tube defect. And that's the part of your baby that's going to make your baby's brain and your baby's spine. So any defects in the brain and the spinal cord. Um, And it's well proven. So we recommend that if you're planning to be pregnant, that you actually take a supplement at least a month before you conceive. So as soon as you know you want a baby, just be having um, 
pregnancy vitamins that have folic acid in it and then keep taking that for the first three months of pregnancy. You can also get it through leafy, dark leafy green vegetables and chickpeas and lentils and beans. And so you can get it through food. Um, a lot of breads are fortified with it now, but we still recommend that you actually take the supplement to be sure. What about STIs or any other sexual infections? Mm. Because most people probably wouldn't even be thinking that by the time they're pregnant. They may not even be aware they have any. Mm. Mm. Uh, is it something we need to check once we fall pregnant? Can they impact the pregnancy or the birth? They they can in a, a little way impact the pregnancy. The bigger issue though is preventing pregnancy from occurring in the first place, so a cause of infertility. Chlamydia is, is a big one. It's um, one you may not know you have, but can cause what's called pelvic inflammatory disease. So the infection is in your fallopian tubes and causes them to scar and block. So no pathway for the egg and sperm to meet in. Um, so when you're thinking, if you're thinking about and planning pregnancy, that's one of the tests you can have at your doctor and have that cleared up. And there's a bunch of other things they can do to check on your fertility as well before you head down that path of trying to have a baby. And what about other medical conditions like polycystic ovary mm. syndrome? Uh, it's more understood now that it could be one of the causes of mm -hmm. infertility. Again, it's not always obvious to women when they have these conditions. If a woman's having trouble falling pregnant, is that an, are there a suite of tests that they should ask for, including something like polycystic ovary syndrome? Mm, absolutely. It can certainly be one. The issue with polycystic ovarian syndrome is that it causes you to have a regular period. So if your period's not regular, then you're not ovulating regularly. And so if you understand how your cycle works, you will ovulate, and then two weeks later you'll have your period. And then you use that four weeks to kind of guide yourself to know when your window of opportunity is. But if your periods are irregular, then you, you don't have enough of a regular warning as to when you might ovulate. So that's why it is an impact on fertility. You just kind of shooting in the dark, if you like, which sounds like, sorry about that play on words, <laughs> but you never kind of know when your fertile window is to try because you get your period and then, oh, well, it's two weeks before that. Well, it's too late. I've missed that. There are a whole host of tests. So your doctor can check for that and see if that is an issue, among other things like checking to see what's going on with your tubes and do your hormone tests to see um, what's happening there. Yeah. And what can men do to help boost their own fertility? Well, there and exactly, it's really important to consider him in the picture because he's half of the equation and we're certainly a lot more focuses on, on men's health. And we've got on our Pregnancy, Birth and Baby website got a, a, a whole page dedicated just to preconception health for men. So there's, there's things that they may not think about, like depending on where you work, chemicals that you're exposed to can affect both your fertility and kind of at the health of your sperm and how that might be for your baby. Taking recreational drugs, um, if you're have taken steroids, things like that can affect. Obviously stopping smoking, him being, you know, having a really healthy diet and being, you know, fit and well as well. And also um, keeping his testicles cool. So having, if you pardon me, hot testicles reduces your sperm count as really? well. Really? Yes. So. I, I had heard things about, you know, wearing loose shorts means yes. you'll have a baby girl, but I didn't know it actually impacted fertility. Mm, mm, mm. If they get a little too hot, their sperm um, are not happy campers and they don't, I you don't have that. as many. That's yes. hilarious. I don't know why I find that so funny. Um, now, if you're in a relationship and you are trying to fall pregnant and you're having issues with falling pregnant, it's so stressful. Mm -hmm. Does pregnancy, birth and baby have any advice in terms of how 
you can manage that as a couple because it's it's kind of a sensitive area for lots of different reasons. Look, it is. It's a really tough time. It can be a really tough time. Um, and it's really about understanding each other's perspective and, and certainly for and keeping and that's really then comes back to keeping your lines of communication open and talking to each other. So there's every month, you know, you'll you know your window of opportunity, you'll go, okay, maybe this time and then you'll be waiting and dreading at the same time for your period to come and then there's that sense of no and the letdown. The hormonal and emotional roller coaster of this is just phenomenal and the longer it goes on and because that window of opportunity to conceive is only a few days in a whole month. You're then going to wait till the next month. Time flies by. So you can find yourself months and months and months and maybe even a year or two down the track and nothing's happening. So you can really start to feel, and even and for men as well, they really can start to feel like, what's wrong with me that I can't do this? And then how do you have that conversation with your friends? And, you know, and for people out there, the worst thing you can ever ask anyone is when are you going to have children? I mean, because either, they're either trying or they're not interested. They're trying and it hasn't happened or they've had miscarriages and lost babies. And not, not everybody wants to share this really personal stuff. It's often too hard to talk about and you'd rather keep it with your partner and just like think about other stuff when you're talking to your friends. Yeah, yeah that's but, good advice. And we do have, we have lots of information on our website that can help you with having those conversations, things you can really to think about and to kind of normalise it. So it's actually okay and it's quite normal to feel this huge mixed bag of emotions and not knowing we control so much in our lives these days and we can stage manage our lives really well except for this. Yeah, and also if it's a second child, I think people often mm. go, well, at least you've got one, and they, they don't really understand that it's painful regardless whether it's it's a child that's wanted and if, mm. you, if you can't fall pregnant, it's going to hurt. And it can happen at any time. It can take you a long time to get number one. Number one can come quickly and take ages to get. the. Re- it just is so, so variable. And, and, and the best thing is to... Um, kind of focus on the things that you can do. So it's staying well, physically and emotionally. Um, focus on your relationships. So stay strong together and talk. And then get get help. There are lots of counselling services that can help you work through this. There are, um, you know, lots of websites and online services that can actually help you as well. Because there are a lot of people who go through this. It's like one in six couples will experience infertility it's of some degree so it's right we'll we'll include some of those links in the notes of this episode diane thank you so much for your time today you're very welcome thank you that's diane zalitas she's a midwife and clinical lead of pregnancy birth and baby it's a government service providing support and information for expecting parents and parents of children from birth to five years of age and as i mentioned we'll put some links refer that we referred to in this interview in the notes of this episode Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.